Greetings, everyone. This is Julio again, your host for my God and You podcast and YouTube channel. This episode is the third installment to a series that I'm doing concerning how to acquire and experience vision from God for every facet of your life. So in this episode, we're going to take a deeper look into scripture concerning how to experience vision from God from what you hear and see within your mind versus assuming or acquiring other people's visions or having no visions for your life at all. And in this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into Habakkuk's uh, reading or writings of what he said concerning visions that he needed to experience concerning issues that he was facing in his life and or ministry. So to begin, let's uh, take a summarization journey into the first two episodes that I shared with you concerning this topic. So in episode one, we took Psalms chapter 32 verse 8 and broke that down from definitive root or perspectives by all of these bolden words that are highlighted and really got a deeper understanding of what that meant when the scripture teaches in Psalm chapter 32 verse 8 where it states I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go and I will guide you with my eye and in that episode we took a deep dive into Proverbs chapter 20 verse 12 which relates of course to this experience where it reads, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both, and went through the definitive root word perspectives concerning that verse as well, and discovered that the word hearing and seeing have to do with discerning within your mind. In other words, discerning thoughts. This is, of course, how God speaks is through thoughts. And then also discerning images, imaginations, or visions through the eye of God. And we went through all this, these interesting things about what the eye of God is. And then in that same episode, we also delved into some important teaching that Jesus taught concerning this experience, concerning what the light of the body is, which he said was the eye, and what the single and the evil eye are. So in those episodes, we really examine all of these aspects concerning or that would connect, I should say, to Psalm chapter 32, verse 8, to get a better understanding of this seeing and hearing experience concerning being guided by the vision or by the eye of God. And then in episode 2, I went over some information concerning what was what's called the reticular activation system and God's envisioning system and how many people assume visions for their life based off of this reticular activation system through the portals or the inlet systems of their physical eyes by what they see other people do. And of course, we again re-examine in Matthew chapter 6, uh, is, uh, the single eye teaching that Jesus taught, and also going back to Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is teaching concerning this same experience and how if you really want to become a, uh, what I refer to again as a father impersonator, in other words, impersonating God according to his detailed will that you hear within your mind, 
we can't use the articular activation system. We actually have to use God's envisioning system. In other words, getting images and thoughts and instructions within our minds versus getting those experiences from outside sources. And then in that same episode, because of this, we explored Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, which reads, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he who keeps the law happy is he. We discovered that that word perish there means to be uncovered, unrestrained. Some definitions will, will say cast off restraint or to be undisciplined. In other words, you're not covered by God's vision for your life. You're assuming other people's coverings related to visions. And again, uh, I went into some detail in the last in that, uh, episode two, which is the episode before this one related to that whole experience. And then, of course, in that episode, the important part of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, about what this law business is all about. But he who keeps the law, and we discovered that what that expression deeply means, it means to get instruction or prophetic teaching from God where he points the way in which he wants you to live your life. It was also described as the throwing of the finger to, to show, again, uh, a direction to walk or live. And then we went into what the throwing of the arrow means, of course, in that episode as well about missing the mark. Remember that archer's analogy that I was sharing with you in that last episode. So when you're living your life according to the law of God, one of the primary things that he'll teach you to experience is how not to sin, how not to miss the mark. Remember what the mark is. The mark is always the will of God. That's what the target is that I used in that analogy in the last episode. So with that being said, part of keeping the law for your life will include God giving you visions for different aspects of your life. So undoubtedly, God's prophetic teaching and instruction that is purpose to point the way he prefers for you to walk in life will include showing and teaching you again his visions for your life. And we went into some of the processes of how this is experienced by examining Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16, and Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33, where this is, of course, God speaking, where he says, I will put my laws in their inward parts and in their minds, I will write them. And that phrase, write them, we're, gonna, we're really going to take a, a serious look at that in this episode and in the next episode about the importance of writing the laws of God for your life, which will, again, include vision. That word right there, which you're going to see me repeat here and at least twice uh, more in this episode, is the Hebrew word kathah. And it's defined as something that is written as well as the act of writing. Let me repeat that. It's defined as something that is written as well as the act of writing. So when we read these verses where God is saying, I will write them in their minds, this is something that is already documented in the mind of God that you can experience within your mind and the encouragement, as you're going to see here in a subsequent uh, slide, is that by you writing them, 
this is when the process to fulfill the visions for your life actually really begins to take a serious turn and where you can accelerate this process and actually be guided by the actual eye or the visions of God for your life. And the reason why this is important, because when you do a simple search within the King James Version of the Bible, it becomes clearly apparent that there are 82 instances where God instructs people to write, in other words, to kathab, and there is 282 other uh, places in the scripture where the word written, which is, again is also the, is the word kathab, where that is mentioned. So evidently this whole writing process or what is already written within our minds evidently is very important. And this is what we want to examine through Habakkuk's wording that we're going to, uh, of course, break down in Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. So before we go into this, I wanted to quickly just briefly explain explain some things about Habakkuk. Habakkuk functioned as a prophet who had conversations with God. The book of Habakkuk begins with him complaining to God about the injustices that were, the people were experiencing. And you can see that in Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And God's suggested remedy of the issues that he was complaining was through a documented vision process that we're going to delve into here in the next slide. Now concerning vision, a vision from God that you receive from him is a prophecy that he prophesies to you through continuous prophetic description and instruction. In other words, it's not only a one-time experience. When you experience this from God, this is when your God is functioning within your mind as your inner prophet. For those of you who have been following my teachings and those of you who have read, my, have read my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, where I share two uh, chapters there regarding the fivefold ministry, you'll find that there, the, 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 the Spirit of God, or in other words, the Spirit of Christ, uh, or the Lord, however you want to describe it, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, there is a five-fold functioning concerning that experience that you can experience once you clearly hear and learn from God. And that, of course, is ha it happens through learning how to discern and learn from God. And so when this happens, when God is teaching you things related to visions that he wants you to see either through words or imagery, he's functioning as a prophet within your mind. That's very important to remember. Now, in the writings of what we're about to break down concerning Habakkuk's experience with writing the vision, we're going to, of course, find that he begins this journey by positioning himself on what's referred to as a watchtower. Some of your translations will say rampart. A watchtower is a fortress type of structure where watchmen would take turns observing what was going on in the distance especially in times of enemy conflict or other types of enemy danger. Prisons actually still use them today. This is, you know, you'll see in the prison yard, they'll have these watchtowers and this guard is, is walking back and forth with, with, with his weapon, you know, just in case if there's any issues going on with the prisoners. So that is actually what a rampart or a watchtower is. It's just simply an elevated structure that gives you sight, this is important, in a far distance. In other words, it elevates and it actually increases your vision 
ability. Within scriptures, you will also find that there are watchtowers and vineyards. You'll see that in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 2, and there's reasons for that. On city walls as well, you'll see that in 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 17. And on prominent hills and ridges, and you'll see that mentioned also in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and 24. But the important thing that I want you to understand about this whole rampart or Habakkuk positioning himself on the watchtower is that this is exactly what we must do. And I'm not saying we have to climb uh, on the top of a roof or houses or actually get a or build a rampart. But the, the, from the spiritual perspective, when you position yourself on a watchtower, it's the same experience that Jesus experienced. Remember, in Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 and 5, morning by morning, the Lord awakens me. He awakens me to hear as to learn. That's also a watchtower experience. This is where Jesus got, of course, the visions for his life. So again, this whole watchtower business is similar to Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 and 5. In other words, to simplify this, it's just you positioning yourself whole-mindedly to be able to hear and see what God will say and show you. So let's understand this better by breaking down Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 to these definitive root word perspectives. Now Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 reads like this, I will stand on my watch and set myself on the tower and will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Verse 2, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on the tablets, that he who reads it may run. For the vision is still for an appointed time, but it speaks to the end and does not lie. Though it lingers, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, the soul of him is lifted up and is not upright, but the just shall live by his faith. Now, as usual, there is a lot of deep insights when you understand definitive root word perspective study in these four verses. So I'm not, of course, going to uh, break down all of the verses, but I want you to kind of bring this, these four verses into modern technology regarding, especially where it says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Now, interestingly, we have tablets today, uh, you know, that people write on similar to this laptop, you know, actually tablets that are one screened. Uh, we have phones that are referred to as tablets, but in those times, they actually literally you know, wrote on tablets of stone. And so they would engrave these words, or sometimes it would even be on papyrus paper or different forms of parchment paper. And what they would do is they would write down whatever they sensed or whatever they were hearing God speak to them, and then they would do it for two reasons. It was for personal edification and instruction, but sometimes it would be to carry a message to another location, to another people group, to another individual. This is the reason why it says, so that he who reads it may run. 
And this is, again, connected to also an apostle. Remember what apostle is. An apostle is a sent messenger. So back in those days, they had messengers that functioned as apostles, believe it or not. That, of course, I detailed in the mystery of the kingdom of God revealed where they would take God's messages and actually go from place to place to read them, to encourage and to instruct people. So in today's technology, of course, we're not carving what God tells us in stone or on parchment paper, but we're doing it on paper. You know, we're doing it, we can do this now uh, effectively in technology, in our tablets, you know, even in journals. And the next episode, I'll share with you some, some insights as to how I apply this process. So let's begin to break down some of this terminology that we see in these four verses. Now the word see, when he says, and we'll watch to see, is this word ra that we've seen multiple times in the prior two episodes. And it simply means to perceive, in other words, to discern vision. And then what he will say to me, that word say there is this Hebraic word dabar. And it means to teach. In other words, what he will teach me. And it's also defined as a careful arrangement of commands. In other words, detailed instructions. Now, in the portion where, where it reads, when I am reproved, it is defined as chastised or to be corrected. A little insight into this word chastised. A lot of people uh, look at the word when God chastises a person as, uh, as a negative experience, and it's not. It's actually a very edifying experience. In other words, God is correcting you for something that is out of order. So when the, the prophet Habakkuk was saying, when I am reproved, evidently he needed correction related to some of the things that he was experiencing related to some of the issues that he needed answers from. And I want to show you some additional insights concerning this reproved process in the next episode. Now, after the prophet Habakkuk was now seeing or perceiving vision, and he was hearing when God was teaching him, giving him a careful uh, instructions related to the answers that he needed from him, then Habakkuk was instructed by God to write the vision. That word right there, as, as mentioned in the prior slide, is again defined as something that is written as well as the act of writing. And this theme of something written as well as the act of writing, we're gonna, of course, talk about that in the next episode. Now concerning the vision that Habakkuk was encouraged to write about, that word vision is this very important Hebraic word called kazon, and it means mental sight, revelation, and the ability to see beyond what is seen in the physical presence as light piercing through darkness. And of course, in the prior episodes, we went through the whole analogy of what light is. It's referred to as illuminated knowledge. In other words, knowledge that God reveals or illuminates within your mind. And the word darkness is an analogy for ignorance. So again, when Habakkuk was instructed to write the vision, he was instructed to write down the mental sight and the revelation that he was getting from God regarding what he was seeing. And then he was instructed to make it plain. That word plain there is this Hebraic word bar, 
And it means to give deep explanation, to make clear and to declare. You are prophesying. More on that in the subsequent episode. And the reason why he was instructed to make it plain, in other words, give deep explanation of what you're seeing and hear, make it clear, write it down. And the reason for that is so that he who reads it may run with it. Now, the word reads there is this interesting word that we keep coming across through the Hebraic teachings. And this is the word kara. And it's defined as to come together to meet an event or meeting that one should seek repetitiously where one experiences an encounter with God, where a document is read in the presence of those that are called to a meeting. Now, let me just quickly summarize that. In other words, when you write the vision that God is giving you, there's a reason, or actually I should say reasons, plural, why he's asking you and encouraging you to do so. One of the reasons, and again, you're going to see this in the next episode, is that it's actually going to be used as a prophetic document related to the vision. And it's also going to be used to prophesy to yourself and to encourage yourself in the Lord, as that verse reads in Scripture. Again, more on that here in the next episode. So the reason for reading it is for a person's own benefit. In other words, a reminder of what God revealed, but it can also be used as an experience where others read it that may be assigned to your life related to that particular vision. Now in the portion where it says, and may run with it, that word run there is defined as one's will and desires, notice, from what is written. Remember, again, as you've heard me repeat multiple episodes, Jeremiah and Hebrews, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33, and Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. Very important verse where this is, again, God speaking, where he states, I will put my laws where? into their inward parts and where does he actually write them i will write them in their minds so again something that is already written this is what we see here in hebrew chapter 10 verse 16 and in jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33 our responsibility is when we hear and see them is to write them down in as much detail as possible now, in beginning in verse 4, it reads, Behold the soul of him which is lifted up. That phrase, lifted up, is this Hebraic word called, or pronounced, afal, is presuming something. And remember what the word presume means. It means they're assuming something. One of the definitions that you'll see, depending on the study resources, is that, that your soul is swollen. In other words, it's filled with stuff that or knowledge or experiences that should not be there. And you'll see here the reason why when we define the word upright. So behold, the soul of him which is lifted up is not upright. And that word upright there is a Hebraic word yashar, and it means lawful and to be in straight path or thought. And it's also defined as righteous. So from the prior episodes, remember what the word law means. When you're experiencing the law of God for your life, 
then that's when you're experiencing lawfulness. And by doing so is when you're walking that straight path through the thoughts that you are experiencing from God that are righteous in nature. And you'll see this righteous theme come up over and over and over again throughout this process because it says, but the just shall live by his faith. That word just there again means lawful, righteous, and one who walks again in a straight path. Remember, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness that you've heard me talk about. And of course, the mystery of the kingdom of God revealed, the mystery of prayer revealed. My second and third book, I go into deep knowledge related to that experience. When you are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, remember Luke chapter 17, verse 21, where did Jesus say this environment was? He says, for the kingdom of God is where? Within you. That's when you are experiencing the righteousness of God. And I must remind you, what is the righteousness of God? Those are the right words and the right imagery when it relates to vision that you are experiencing from God himself. And these, again, are experiences that we all have inherently access to. The only challenge that we may be experiencing if we're not experiencing this is that we haven't taught and trained our minds how to discern the voice of God and much less learn from him in a attentive mode of learning, similar to a student being taught by a teacher. Remember, when you position your body as God's educational temple, what you're doing is you're positioning your mind to be his educational environment. That's your soul. Your soul is the classroom of God. Once you're doing this, what you're doing is you're positioning your spirit to be his student. And this is what Habakkuk was doing. Habakkuk positioned his body, his soul, and his spirit to be taught by God. And how did God teach him? through prophetic visions by what he was saying and, uh, and what he was seeing or what he was showing him. So again, this is a process that we all have access to. This is also a process that Jesus himself went through as well in his morning by morning experiences with God. So what is a primary substance or uh, branch of knowledge related to experiencing the righteousness of God. We see this answer in the word faith, but the just shall live by his faith. This word faith here is the Hebraic word emuna, and is defined as truth and what is sure or firm. Remember, truth is the language of God. This is also the same type of faith or truth that we see in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4, where it describes God as a God of truth. When you define, or from a definitive root word perspective, that word truth there is this word emuna. So this, that verse can actually read, God is a God of faith. And this is also the type of faith that we read about in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, which you've also heard me share knowledge of, and I have a lot of written knowledge regarding this as well in my books, related to faith. Faith, in other words, experiencing faith directly from God. And in this key verse, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
That word, word there is rhema. In other words, it's the utterance. It's hearing his voice through thoughts within your mind. So again, that word faith there from his Greek perspective is this word pistis. And then when you translate it from his Greek to Hebrew, it's enuma. So this verse also can read, truth comes by hearing the word. And the reason why these words are kind of married together is because truth, again, is the language of God. So when, so when God is giving you vision and instructions, what he's giving you is things that he wants you to believe in. In other words, it's belief systems related to whatever it is that he's showing you for that specific aspect or part of your life. So that's the reason, again, why it's so important to actually write these things out. And again, in the next episode, I'm going to give you some of the benefits of why that is. So to summarize this episode, I just want to leave you with some encouragement and some thoughts and some suggestions. For those of us who currently practice or desire to acquire vision from God for different aspects of our lives, it's important to remember that God's visions will most times require subsequent revisioning, restructuring, and revitalization sessions with Him related to the visions. And this, of course, happens within His classroom and viewing center, which is within your mind, which again is where you experience your soul. It's important to remember that, as, as I mentioned in prior episodes, that God speaks, reveals, and teaches through thoughts that can be visualized and through visualizations that He explains through thoughts that are maximized if strategically documented. More on that again in the next episode. So if you're already experiences or you do have vision from God, but you haven't documented, it's important that you write them down. And again, there's multiple benefits. So because of this, it's important that you write the visions that you hear and see from God concerning these important facets of your life. Document them as detailed as possible. Remember, make it plain. And of course, the reason for this documentation in detail is because it's the actual law for your life related to that vision. Remember, this is when the instruction that you receive from God. This is the prophetic teaching that you acquire from, from God. And the reason for that is so that He can point the way that He wants you to live out that vision. If you think of going back to the rampart again, the higher you are, right? The more farther you can see. And so the more detail that you document is going to help with that far-sighted envisioning process. So again, write. Remember, that's something written as well as the act of writing. It's our document in the mind of God. God transferred that from His mind to your mind, within your mind, of course. And then again, if you really want to take this envisioning process with God seriously, then you have to write these things down in order to maximize the experience. One of the benefits of doing this is that you can continually bring your detailed notes to your meetings with God to hear from Him concerning the next step or revisioning required to fulfill them. Doing this extends and makes your conversations with God more of an educational experience. 
This is something that I'm currently doing myself as I'm improving my visionary experiences with God through my journaling experience that I'll share with you again some of the things that I do and how I process this again in the next episode. It's kind of hard to explain, but you actually have to experience it to understand what I mean by this. But there is a powerful mouth-to-ear, mind-to-inner-eye connection when you hear yourself quoting your prophetic notes related to what God is revealing to you by what you hear and see. Remember Jesus' statement, as I hear my Father speak, I speak. Quoting your detailed notes as a he who reads it may run with it experience serves as you prophesying to yourself and also as an encourage yourself in the Lord benefit. In other words, when I bring my notes concerning the things that God has revealed to me, the things that I'm documenting in detail, what I personally do is I read them either mentally within my mind or in, you know, verbally. And what that does, again, just uh, I guess it's kind of hard to explain, is that it connects uh, your mouth to your mind, your mind to God's eye, and all these interesting experiences because you're hearing what God has quoted you and what he's instructed to you to document. And what I find as a benefit from that is that I, I find myself being encouraged by God related to that experience. In other words, this is how I experience encouraging myself in the Lord. Now, as you experience this, another suggestion that I would give you is within your mind, as you're quoting this or as you're pondering this or as you're reading this, however you have it documented, whether it's on an electronic device or on paper, within your mind, use your imagination to walk in that vision as though it were happening now. Remember Jesus' statement, as I see my Father do, I do likewise. This hearing and seeing experience is how Jesus encouraged and prophesied to himself as well. Now, another tool that you can use, and I'll show you my current one, which I'm actually in the process of modifying, it's okay to create a vision board or a document with pictures or images on it if that's helpful to you. But make sure that all of those things don't come from that reticular activating system that I was uh, teaching you about in the last episode. Make sure that those images that you put on your board or on your document or however you want to do it, if you want to use that as a helpful tool, and I'm telling you, it'll bless you if you do, make sure that those ideals or those thoughts of those images that you are cutting out or, or copying and pasting from different sources, make sure that they relate to what you are receiving from God within your mind. To end this episode, I want you to be mindful that you can actually be successful at creating the wrong visions for your life. So because of this, don't be afraid to discard any false or assumed vision for your life. Remember, that was the story of Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. That's the premise of my book, The Mystery of the Iniquity Revealed. These people were prophesying, casting out devils and doing wonderful miracles and all these interesting things. Same things that Jesus was doing. But remember, he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the will of my father, 
I never knew you, you who practice iniquity. And of course, you know, we've gone through that multiple times in these videos. And of course, in the content that I have written in my book related to the deeper understanding of what Jesus was teaching. In other words, don't do what I do. Get your vision or the will of God from God himself. Don't copycat me, which is interesting because a lot of religious organizations teach people to do the same things Jesus uh, was doing. Remember, he said, you, you shall do greater works. And of course, I go into detail in the book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, about what those greater works are. Now, personally, I was guilty in my past of creating the wrong visions for my life. And I actually brought out one of my old journals where I actually have, and I'll show you here quickly, 120 ideas that I had detailed, typed out and everything about things that I got uh, from my reticular activation system by hearing other people teach about what vision should be about my life and how I should be under their vision and be a part of that. And of course, I won't go into all the details, but 120 things that I was assuming we're going to be a part of the visions of God for my life. And when I learned how to discern and to hear the voice of God for my own life, and even the process of still learning about this, learning how to actually experience vision within my mind by what I hear and see, I mean, all of this, I had to discard it, you know, and begin to uh, rewrite accuracy. In other words, the visions that God was actually showing me within my mind. And again, I'll share with you some content related to that as far as what I do and how I do it uh, in the next episode. Again, now concerning the next episode, what we're going to do is we're going to take a deeper look into the discernment process of hearing, seeing, and learning from God within your mind for the purpose of, of acquiring God's faith. Remember what God's faith is, it's belief systems that are coupled with his visions for your life. And then, of course, we're also going to talk about the importance and the benefits of strategically documenting the process. And this is, again, the reason why we have numerous places in Scripture where God instructed people to write or where statements like, isn't it written or is it written that we find within Scripture. And as always, if you ever have any questions or comments or want deeper insights or further explanations, you're always welcome to contact me. So I hope that this episode was a blessing to you, that perhaps it enlightened you a little bit more uh, concerning the knowledge that you had related to this whole topic of vision. If you already are experiencing visions from God, and if you're not documenting them, uh, trust me, you want to document them. And of course, in the next episode, I'm going to share with you again some of the benefits that you can experience because of this. So if this episode was a blessing to you, please do me a favor and give it a like to help the algorithms. I don't do a good job at marketing uh, the, the knowledge that I share. So this will definitely help me out. And if you believe that someone else that you know of would benefit from this process, please uh, do me a favor and, and God a favor as well and share these episodes with them. And if you haven't done so already, I would encourage you to subscribe to either my YouTube or podcast or both channels and uh, make sure you hit that notification bell so that you can get notified every time I upload a message. So until the next episode, always remember that the greatest learning environment that you and I have access to on this earth is already inherently present within our minds. This is where we hear and see the things that God wants to teach and show us. 
and with that environment, of course, becomes the shower and the, the speaker. In other words, the word giver himself, the one that speaks truth. Remember, that's his language, and that's the spirit of God himself. So I hope that again, that this episode was a blessing to you. So I will see you again in the next episode. Stay encouraged and stay blessed. Thank you.